everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Don't step over dollars to pick up dimes. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Dude, I am good, and I am going back to some basics. I got a bourbon bourbon barrel imperial stout. Uh, yeah, real called, basic. Yeah, something new. Yeah. It's yeah. Not 9.1. Yeah. yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm not just water, man. Um, I water. Know. Water. Why? Because I hurt myself <laughs> and I sh- I shouldn't be drinking mixing medications and mm, yeah. So just uh, I had coffee this morning and it's uh that's about it. Coffee and water. That's my that's my jam this week, unfortunately. Uh, so sorry, but that's it. Uh, our catchphrase today comes from George Salas. Thank you, George, for your question. Uh, or sorry, not your question for your catchphrase. And I'll repeat: Don't step over dollars to pick up dimes. So it's no secret, let's get started with the episode, it's no secret that Andrew and I uh, each own multiple online businesses that earn us passive income. Before we started, we had no idea what we were doing, as I'm sure most people, right? It's not easy to start a website from scratch, and if you're not already building an online business, you might not even know what a great idea looks like. So today, we're going to be talking about how you can buy an existing online business, and we have a special guest on the show today, Blake Hutchinson, the CEO of Flippa.com. Blake, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. Great topic. Uh, what are, yeah, what are you drinking? Yeah, I'm uh, on a coffee, a very strong one right now. I'll uh, move to the bourbon a little bit later, I think. Perfect. <laughs> I think we should all move to the bourbon a little bit later. So, uh, Flippa, tell us a little bit about it. How does it, you know, how does it work? Yeah, thanks for asking. So, the easiest way to understand Flipper is that it's a peer-to-peer exchange to uh, trade digital assets. So, a marketplace mm-hmm. where the owner of a digital asset, be it a website, an app, uh, domain, also code bases, mm-hmm. even uh, can list that for sale on Flipper. And a buyer, in turn, can come in, take a look at those assets, negotiate, and ultimately walk away with something that they didn't have previously. Can you sell social media accounts? You can. Uh, We see Instagram accounts being sold. There are some complexities with that. Um, And we see YouTube channels being sold. Again, some complexities with it. But it does happen, and I think it's a growing area. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, So... Why, you know, like like I mentioned in the intro, Andrew and I both started our own websites from the ground up. We both have uh, a large skill set in, you know, coding and 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 branding and design. But why would someone buy an online business versus maybe doing it themselves from scratch? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. This 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 asset class is clearly not as mature as most, but it is growing at warp speed. And so let's talk about that just very quickly. Flipper sees 20 to 25,000 new registered customers to its platform every month. We don't spend a dollar on marketing. There's no money spent on marketing here at Flipper. That's organic, organic customer acquisition. And so that gives you some, some sense of how much interest there is in yep. this asset class right now. And so we, we tend to see two types of buyers. Um, you've got the the acquisition entrepreneur or what we call the, the be your own boss generation. 
And mm-hmm. I think in most cases, they're buying to acquire a job. And so they are seeing this as a path to income versus um, an investor, which is the second type of buyer. So an investor is someone who is um, often aggregating assets for the purposes of deriving return, but they're deriving return off the back of a skill set. And that skill set might be SEO. It could okay. be uh, they have got um, a fantastic understanding of paid marketing. It could be that they've got a very, very strong content team behind them. And so they're able to leverage that skill set to derive return and certainly a faster return than um, than you would otherwise get from the be your own boss generation. So we, we tend to see two types of buyer. I think first and foremost, people are acquiring digital assets because the return is healthy and the buy-in is relatively low and less risky. So um, kind of two questions on that. One, like what do you think the proportions are between the be your own boss generation type buyer and someone who's just like a acquiring more digital assets. Yeah. Yeah. And then um what like what level are they acquiring at? Are these like be your own boss people looking to spend a hundred thousand dollars, like typically going in for ten thousand? Like where do you see the big entry point? Yeah, I think it's super interesting right now and it's a little bit challenging for the be your own boss generation. I think it's a little bit like it's analogous to property in some way. You've got a sophisticated investor who is able to spot a good deal. They're able to understand um, how best to go about the negotiation process. And often they beat the be your own boss uh, acquirer to to the asset one so they they come across it first because they understand right. one how to use flipper or if not flipper they understand how to use other players in the ecosystem mm-hmm. uh, and secondly they tend to understand a little bit better what they should pay for an asset and we can talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. more I would say that on flipper today you've got around about three to five hundred prolific buyers. And when I say prolific, they're acquiring 10 to 50 assets, depends on the individual, of course, 10 to 50 assets per annum. And when we have wow. a look at what, you know, we call it AOV, what their average order value was, to use an e-commerce term for one of a better description, uh, they're typically acquiring assets between that sort of fifteen dollars to $25,000 mark. So this isn't, this isn't multi-million dollar investments, right? This is micro, this is a micro asset. Uh, space, right? So the most sophisticated buyers on Flippa, I, I guess my picture would have been that they're going after these million dollar things, or they're going really, really high end. But you're saying they're able to identify deals, and they're essentially going in what I would call like the towards the lower end of the market, because yep. they see like the largest upside and where they can add value. Yep. There's a gentleman out of Hong Kong. He's buying one to two assets a day. Um, he, his, his average purchase price is $12,500. And wow. we've asked him why he's doing that. Now, of course, he's not going to give away all his secrets, mm. um, but he's got uh, an ad network. So he's essentially acquiring eyeballs. And he knows mm. that the existing owners of these digital assets aren't optimizing the commercial opportunity as well as he can. And so he's got a specific strategy. And I think that's a really important thing. 
uh, the be yeah. your own boss generation is sometimes finding themselves up against these guys, and it's 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 pretty tough going, but it's a really exciting space because there's so many people coming into it. On the show, we we've covered a lot of kind of like income producing things. Mm. Uh, one of the big things that we've talked about is rental properties. Um, I own some. Matt owns one. A lot of the people in the audience own rental properties. Yes, and I've kind of done the math on that and. Generally speaking, I can acquire a solid rental property for like six and a half to seven times net revenue, yeah. um, which is great when you compare it to, I don't know, like Apple, which will like trade it, I don't know, 30 times revenue. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll actually make income. I don't have to sell it. So that, that's cool. And that's why we've been really excited about it. Um, I went to Flippa and you guys have um, like a, a business valuation tool where you kind of put your numbers in, the URL, blah, blah, blah. Your email address, you guys can call me every every day. Um, and uh, they, they kind of evaluate uh, the value of my business. And I think yeah. Listen to My Matters is an awesome business. We generate a lot of revenue. There's a lot of thought. Uh, Flippa valued it at two and a half to three times revenue, which Sorry shocked me. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's great because I think it, it says something to the market where I could buy twi- roughly twice as much revenue in an online asset than I could with a rental property. And I personally feel like rental properties are a bit more of a pile on as compared to like buying a website. I feel like no one really talks about this. Yeah. I I think one of the important things to recognize is uh, buyer motivation, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, buyers uh, certainly look for opportunity. And that's, that's what you've probably done as a real estate investor too. You've bought, you've, you've, looked at something and purchased something that you think has long-term asset growth and therefore you're buying for the opportunity. It's it's long-term growth. Mm-hmm. Now, in the case of buyers looking on Flipper, they feel similarly, but they won't pay for long-term, long-term growth mm-hmm. opportunity. They're paying for performance. And so that's why um, – and that, that look, by the way, that's a little bit different um, – depending on the age of the asset, and it's a little bit different depending on its growth trajectory. Now, of course, if it's been around for 15 years and it's got hockey stick growth and it's um, a 5 to $10 million asset, well, it's not going to be listed on Flipper in the first place. That's not our domain. We, we, we admit that on day one. And you're, mm-hmm. t- you'll tend to get a far greater multiple on that, right? Because it's it's got the... Mm. The, the history and seasonality is well understood. And of course, you've got a fair understanding that if it's grown like like a weed for the last three to five years, then it's got the potential to do so. Now, that's different for a micro asset. And you're right. People are, people tend to pay anything between 1.5 up to, say, 4.5, depending on age, speed of growth, um, level of uh, commercial optimization or, or return today versus in the future. Mm-hmm. And critically, what, what these buyers are on the sniff for is a, an asset which has got a history of performance. That's what they're willing to pay, where they can imagine themselves leveraging a skill set to get greater return. And that's the really critical thing. So yeah, 2.5 is a, is a good number to talk about. Right. Mm. And now when you uh, talk about the, the be your own boss buyer versus mm-hmm. the portfolio buyer, I mean, I mean, I, I guess the assumption there is that the portfolio buyer just is making a lot more money than the be your own boss. But is that true in a in a percentage wise? Uh, you know, like 
because when you start buying, I'm, my assumption is, as you start buying a lot of assets, a lot of them don't really pan out. Right. And yeah. some of them do. And so you're yeah. just, and there is, there is wasted money there because yeah. you're just trying. Whereas a be your own boss generation where they are literally putting everything they've got into it. Do yeah. they have a better chance of success on the individual level on the individual purchase level? Yeah, I mean, super interesting question, and I think it probably depends on the sophistication of the individual. Um, sure. Now, success-wise, what does success look like? I think for the Be Your Own Boss generation, what they're essentially looking for is something which will give them an income. Now, yeah. what we often encourage them to do is not think about earning any greater than the site is currently earning today. Because your number one job is to protect its current earnings, not find a path to acceleration. And so let's let's say, for argument's sake, that you acquire a $15,000 website. And let's say, for argument's sake, that that $15,000 website is doing $500 a month in net profit. Mm -hmm. let's, let's say it's a content website. It's got some AdSense revenue. Maybe it's got some Amazon affiliate links on it too. And maybe it's about an evergreen niche uh, where content comes pretty easy to you. So that that be your own boss buyer has just acquired something for fifteen thousand, and they're getting an annual return of six thousand. Right now, you guys said it yep. at the top of this podcast today. You can you can tend to achieve thirty to maybe even forty five percent annual return on a small digital asset. That's pretty good going. And so that's the first step. Get that return. And to do that, what it really comes down to is understanding exactly what you've acquired and protecting its existing revenue base. And so there is um, a high likelihood of success where the be your own boss generation don't try to be too big for their boots, for want of a better description, and yep. they, um, they work on what the asset has already got going for it. I, that speaks to what I'm what I would imagine would be the case. Yep. And I, I guess to the flip side of things, no pun intended, um, what about the people who are like me who can build a website, spin it up in you know a matter of an hour yep. and build a website very quickly, maybe, maybe scale it up to $100 a month, whatever, and then use Flippa as a place to sell? Yep. Do you get a lot of those people? We, we do. I mean, our our sweet spot is twenty five to fifty thousand dollars. That's our sweet spot. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have a whole bunch of what we call super sellers, who are creating templates, and those templates yeah. are like a business in a box. It's not like a template from Wix that you build yourself or Squarespace that you have to configure, um, and it's not like going on Envato and buying a WordPress template. It is, it is live. Right. It, it works and it's got the bones of a business. Domain, the revenue sources are probably plugged in. It's relatively well designed and you've got some content to play with. And so people are selling those for anything from $300 up to $5,000, depending on the sophistication of that, that site. Yeah. Now, the critical thing that people need to understand is this space is about the acquisition of traction. And so that's why we call them acquisition entrepreneurs, right? Um, it's far easier to build off the base of a um, not necessarily high-performance site but a site with performance history than it is to find that path to traction. 
finding your first 100 paying customers from an e-commerce standpoint, finding your first 1,000 readers from a content standpoint, uh, plugging in your affiliate revenue sources such that they are well optimized and you start to make some dollars off Amazon or whichever source of revenue you choose. That might be easy for the sophisticated and the sophisticated often make it sound easier than it is. I would always Mm -hmm. encourage someone who wants to enter the space to find a path to acquire something with a little bit of traction because it saves them a whole lot of time, money, and heartache in the long run. Right. Well, let's let's dive more into that specific area of what we want to talk about. But we're going to take a quick break because I'm doing I'm doing money fingers. If no, because it's a podcast, <laughs> no one can see it. Uh, we're going to get into the details of buying on Flippa and what to look for and how to properly value an online business. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, Andrew, start this one off. Okay. So um, before we get into the weeds, where I very much want to go, what type of online businesses are people... I mean, I know you said that people are buying Instagram things yeah. and they're buying you know YouTube channels and code bases, which I imagine, and you even alluded to, are, are more niche. Yeah. What really are people buying and what really are people looking for on Flippa? Like yeah. what uh, type of assets? So the, the number one selling asset is a content website. And I'll, I'll talk about why in a minute. Number two is e-commerce. Specifically, they are Shopify stores. Um, they are typically uh, stores where the owner holds the inventory themselves. And number three is a fulfilled by Amazon store. And that is um, obviously... FBA fulfilled by Amazon. It's where Amazon yeah. controls the logistics framework for you and you get the power of their network and the power of their advertising platform. They're the, they're the three top selling asset classes. I you know, and, you know, I'm top. so shocked that drop shipping wasn't wasn't. I was just gonna three. ask. I feel like drop shipping's like, oh, so hot right now. I would never touch it with the 10 foot pole. So if they don't yeah, even you've thought rate, about it. <laughs> I've considered it. But yeah. so you don't consider drop shipping in those three categories. You consider them a lower yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, dropshipping has, has fallen out of favor. There's some obvious reasons for that. There are some still some very high quality ones, but you'd want to be buying some, acquiring something with age, with very well established supplier agreements, and uh, really, really get into the heart of the product quality. Wow. And to maybe even put it to bed, it's fallen out of favor because it's very difficult to make any real money with them. I'm yes, guessing. true. That's okay. right. Okay. Yeah. Let's stop. Let's stop emailing those questions in. Yes. <laughs> now that that's done with, tell me about content websites. I run Listen My Matters. Matt runs Swim University. We have other sites, all content sites. We could sing the song for days. Yeah. I want to hear from your perspective. Yeah. So let's 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 talk through a couple of examples. Right. Um, there is a a fantastic example of a website called, believe it or not, crochetkim.com. Now, Crochet Kim was run by an individual called Kim. Her name was Kim Guzman. And Kim Guzman had run this crochet website for 20 years. Kim was retiring. So that's the reason for sale. And what we often say to buyers is the reason for sale is a lot more innocent than you will imagine. It's either I don't want to run anymore because I can't be bothered. Two, I'm retiring. Three, I've got other assets that I want to invest in. It's as simple as that. In her case, she was retiring. Now, what Crochet Kim was, was a website, a blog backed by AdSense 
where people who were familiar with and obsessed by crochet would talk about crochet patterns and things like that. Now, this thing had been around for 20 years. It was high performance. She sold that for $90,000 in 48 hours. Wow. And so why? Why? Because it had history. And history is really important in the content domain. One, you get domain authority. Two, you've got a brand. And depending on how it's acquiring its traffic, uh, you've got a brand which is very, very well um well-recognized and she was getting a huge amount of organic versus paid or, or social traffic. And that's a very, very Google strong characteristic. Traffic, essentially. Google search traffic. Mm-hmm. And that is a very, very strong indicator for a quality content site. It's the, the, the shape of its traffic base, right? And in this case, very, very skewed toward organic. So that's a so- really, really good example. And if I was to guess, and I'm going to say that most of the people listening don't know all of the the terms that Matt and I and you know, mm-hmm. but um, this site that sold for ninety ish thousand dollars was likely I'm going to guess and, and correct me if I'm wrong was likely getting a rather consistent amount of visitors from Google, essentially automatically every month. Like set your clock to it and umpteen hundred thousand people whatever come and visit and then she just puts ads in front of their face that's exactly right so so let's talk about that for a moment so i'm just looking at the listing now and what we do on flipper is is we we connect to google analytics and therefore we can Mm -hmm. provide a breakdown of the health of the asset from a traffic standpoint not necessarily from a financial standpoint but from a traffic standpoint so you guys are tapping into the Amazon, or sorry, Amazon API. So used to saying that phrase, but the uh, Google Analytics API, so that it's not up to the person selling it to take screenshots anymore. That's that exactly can right. Obviously, cause problems because of digital manipulation. That's exactly right. And I should add to that that cool. we are verifying at the source for about fifty different uh, sources in a couple of months. So it's a really exciting announcement. That's but, great. Yeah. Um, now, in this particular case, because I think it's an important. Um, example to look at. You're exactly right, Andrew, your point before, a strong history of organic traffic. So that is traffic where you are found on search engines without having to pay for it. Now, in her Mm -hmm. case, she is consistently receiving between, uh, let's have a look here, between 65 and 80,000 unique visitors every month for the last three years. Great. And just to be clear, like, because a lot of these things, they kind of get like lost in this like realm of numbers. This is six hundred sixty-five thousand on the low end people, like real human beings that are coming to the website that you could throw ads in front of, that you could sell knitting patterns to, yep. you could Crochet. sell them a, a, a pool yep. on Amazon, like anything. These are 65,000, the attention of 65,000 people every single month. Yeah, not only that, the the page views, so the number of uh, views that they're looking at, or the number of pages they're looking at when they're looking at Crochet Kim is equally as consistent. So every month um, off the back of that 80,000, 65 to 80,000 uniques, she is getting, let's have a look here, she's getting between 245 and 252, like it's so consistent. 245 to 252,000 verified page views. 
And so yeah. uh, what does that mean? It means that on, on average, each visitor is sort of looking four. at three to four pages. Now, that's an outstanding Huge. content Insane. site. Yeah. Far better than I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, right, Sam. I should, I should make a crochet website. Damn. Now, I'm assuming, though, that uh, she sold it for 90K. Does that mean she was making roughly 30 to 25K or 25 to 30K a year? Yeah, bang on, bang on. So okay. uh, $2,449 to 2500 let's call it that, per month. And so okay. um, th- there you go. You've basically got a, a website which is generating about $30,000 in net profit. It's been running for 20 years. It gets acquired for $90,000. And 1,613 buyers took a look at it. Wow. So, she, I mean, and, and the alternative for her would have been to just hold on to the site and continue making that money in, well into her retirement. Well, it would have been. Perhaps in, more than 90000 Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's that's an option. But in Kim's case, she was retiring. Uh, so she just didn't want to, yeah. Didn't want to run it anymore. She'd been doing it for 20 years. She took the $90,000 to the bank and, and no doubt now is having a, a, right. a, a slightly lovelier retirement, maybe having a couple of sure. bourbons. Right, yeah. And she had 20 years of, of probably earning maybe not 30 or 25 grand a year, you know, but for maybe for the last, obviously the last three years. Yeah, which yeah, is pretty decent. Right. So, okay. that, you know, it's, it's always good to look at examples because that gives you some sense of what buyers are on the hunt for, but also what type of asset and the shape of asset uh, looks looks most um, appealing. Okay, so I, I think that um, we've we've laid out the case of why this could be a good investment. I think uh, we we took a pretty conservative stance in that, like, if you were to buy this as essentially your income, your job would be you wouldn't be like buying this thing that makes six thousand a year, thinking you're going to make a hundred thousand next year. Yeah, you're going to try and sustain what you have. Yeah, solidify. Um, yeah. So what? I want to like get into like how you might pick it um, or how you may evaluate something so that you're not just going to like throw 15,000 into the wind, which I would say is probably the single biggest reservation people have, you know, if they're not a huge buyer. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's right. So let's talk about the, the steps that um, one should undertake or I would undertake when looking at an asset. And so first, first things first, um, it needs to be a safe bet. And so what do we mean by safe bet? Well, obviously, it means that uh, the site is performing to the expectations of the acquirer. But the other thing it means is um, you shouldn't be spending more than you can actually afford. And that's the same for any asset class, right? Mm. But particularly if you're new to this space, you can sometimes get swept up in all of the different assets and what they, uh, what they, are, what they are making. And remember that you've got to actually understand how they're making that money. And as I said before, the very first thing is protecting that revenue base. So if you don't understand it, don't acquire it. You want to place a safe bet. So first things first, you want to have a look at the traffic. So let's 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 stay on content for a moment. We can go to e-commerce um, or SaaS or any other asset type or business model if we'd like. But for the moment, let's stay on content. So what you'll okay. see on, on Flipper is a very clear outline of the last 12 months at minimum of its traffic history. And so what you want to do is get some understanding of how it is performing relative to its earnings or earnings relative to its traffic. And so you want to get some sense of... Um, 
look through different sites, get five on a piece of paper or five on a different on different screens, and take a look at how what revenue they are generating per one thousand page views, and get some sense of what is a high performance site versus a low performance site, and that's a really good place mm-hmm. to start. Mm-hmm. So. If we take a look at another site that I'm looking at now, in this particular case, it is called Mums and Munchkins. Uh, it's an activity and party planning site. And again, it's a content site. In this particular case, it's mm-hmm. been run for eight years. So I'm looking mm-hmm. at it now and I can see that compared and to- Age crochet, matters, right? Uh, age matters, right? Because you can you get a lot yeah. from age one you're acquiring something with domain authority. Uh, it typically means that if it's been run for eight years, it's viable. <laughs> um, that's a really important yep, piece. Yep, yep. And the other thing that you get from it is an understanding of seasonality, and that's really important. So you don't want to be acquiring mm-hmm. something which is going to dip um, overnight post-acquisition. You want to right. get some sense of what its, what right. its seasonality looks like. So mm-hmm. in this particular case, it's making $2,500 a month and it's doing 100,000 unique visits. Okay, so you get some sense of how it's performing relative to its traffic. That gives you a couple of things. One, is it fully optimized or is it optimizable? Now, depending on on what you want to acquire, you may be looking for something which is fully optimized, plug and play, acquire it, let it it do its thing and hold it. Like you'd rather pay a slight premium and know that it is going to earn as opposed to, hey, I have this skill set and yeah. let me add value there. Correct. And yeah. so where you start to see multiples blow out actually is when the site isn't fully optimized yet. So someone often, people often uh. say, oh, my God, someone paid uh, eight times. Well, yeah, they paid eight times because they looked at the traffic base. They recognized that it wasn't fully optimized and therefore on purely financial terms they were willing to pay over and above what would seem to be reasonable because they know they can multiply they know they've looked at how many yeah. ads per page they've looked at right. current uh, they've looked at uh, the con- construct of the website from an SEO standpoint and they've thought wow there's a lot I can do to optimize here I'm actually willing to pay overs and that's a really important thing yeah. So the next thing I would look at is clearly the revenue health on a month-to-month basis because it's all good and well to say that something is earning on average 2500 yep. but remember that you can have months where revenue blows out and that may be around a holiday period or whatever it might be and you can also have months where revenue drives, dries up and that could be any number of things. But the good thing about it is if you see it, you can ask a question about it. So maybe Google changed their their rules around AdSense. Uh, Maybe Amazon Affiliate changed their rules around how many affiliate links you can have per page. Now, I'm making these rules up, but you get the point. You you are able to identify. Please, God, I hope that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you're able to identify, right, what's happened on a particular month, and then you can ask a question accordingly. So that's the second thing I'd look at. I'd at. I'd look at patterns in its financial history and I'd look for anomalies and then ask questions accordingly. Right. So let's take um, a scenario where uh, you, you maybe have like some skills, but, but you want to uh, 
play it safe. So you're going to buy something that's fully baked. Yeah. Uh, because you don't want to take the risk. You don't know how to do SEO yet. You know, you're going to learn. Yeah. Um, do you buy this? And then it's just kind of like peace and, and the seller like vaporizes into the internet and they disappear forever. Was there some sort of handholding period where like, look, I, I want to buy revenue, but, but like teach me. Yeah. So generally speaking, a seller is absolutely okay with a handover period. And remember, Flip is a marketplace. The discussion and negotiation uh, options within Flipper are they're, they're really strong. And so you simply ask the question. Now, if you don't see it on the listing and you want to understand whether there is a handover period, you simply ask. Then mm-hmm. dictate what you want. Now, of course, do that politely. So there is there is an etiquette to acquiring a digital asset, yeah, particularly you're... in a marketplace environment. Um, <laughs> so a do it politely. environment, right? Yeah, peer-to-peer. So do it politely, but you should always ask, now, is that seven days? Is it 14? Is it 21? Is it 30? Now, I've seen everything up to 120. But mm. remember that if it's 120 days and the asset's only making $500 a month and you're not willing to part ways with part of your $500 a month to pay this individual, that's a pretty unfair ask. I think what is reasonably, mm. reasonable is 14 to 21. Now, that doesn't mean 14 to 21 full days, full-time work. What that means is 14 to 21 days where the individual is available for consultation for you to understand how the asset works. Now, of course, you've also got a transfer period, and so that should be discussed too. Now, for a content yeah. website, you can typically get it done for seven days. Yeah. And so what that means is that you're transferring all the assets so that it's in working order under your ownership. Mm. So, uh, you know, with, with buying a digital asset like this, obviously not for everybody, but some people might find this incredibly, you know, like a great opportunity for maybe what they're into, or maybe they're like, you know what? It's just like I sit behind my computer and invest. It's, it's something they can do really easily. But what are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen from maybe novice or even investor type buyers that you wish people were like, oh, I wish you would avoid that, you know, and it could be harsh. It could be like, hey, if you don't know shit about the internet, <laughs> then just don't, this is not for you, you know, go do something else. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great question. I mean, so I often simply say, don't drive the Ferrari into the tree. Ferraris are quite hard to drive. I've never driven one. I'm not sure whether you guys yeah. have. Nope. But, never, nope. <laughs> I they know go, for a fact Andrew hasn't. <laughs> I have not. No. They go fast. The pedals are probably a bit close together and they're a bit uncomfortable and you might drive it into the tree. Now, don't do that. Yeah. So yeah. how could that possibly happen? There's a, there's a few things. One, I would recommend that someone, again, places a safe, safe bet. What that means is, Invest only as much as you can afford to lose. Now, that's the same for any asset class, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the other piece is um, invest in subject matter that is of interest to you. Okay? okay. Because one of the first things we hear is that people got, we had a, a lady um, in Singapore. She was very excited. She was buying her first e-commerce business. I believe she paid $120,000 for that e-commerce business. Three months wow. later, um, she said, hey, everything's going fine, but I'm just not into selling straight to her. So acquire something 
that you are interested in. And that yeah. means you're less likely to get bored. It means you're less likely yeah. not to try to understand the the nuances that it takes to operate the business. That's, that's piece three. Cool. The last thing I would say is think about what you are good at and how it can apply to this particular asset because it stops you from driving the Ferrari into the tree. So are you good at sales? Great. Maybe that means that if something has display advertising, you can go and sell some sponsorships to brands which are relevant to that particular website. Mm. Are you fantastic at content generation? Great. Start writing. Start editing. Start recruiting contributors. Review their content. You understand it. Get more better quality content on your site. Okay. The second thing that happens is that they acquire something which is on the downward slope. Don't do that. Buy something with consistent performance. Okay. Now, you can measure performance by either traffic or financials, but buy something that is consistently performing or increasing. Well, I was going to say, is the opposite true as well? What if it's increasing like way too, like way straight up? Is that a, is that a yeah. red flag? It's a red flag. In, a micro, in the micro asset class space, um, unless we're talking about e-commerce during the holiday period, you know, around Christmas, et cetera, um, yep. Black Friday or, or um, th- those types of things, uh, mm-hmm. you do not want to acquire something with hockey stick growth uh, right. unless it's consistent hockey stick growth, i.e. that <laughs> hockey stick growth has been continuing for the last six months to a year, in which case it's probably not for sale. Right. Um, so it's, it's flat or it's increasing. A slight decline is okay because there's often a reason behind it and you can probably interrogate as to why. Mm-hmm. So the next thing uh, that we see is that um, a revenue source has dried up really recently and the individual hasn't done their due diligence to understand why that revenue source has dried up. Hmm. And the bad seller didn't disclose that and the less mature buyer didn't discover that. What would be an example of that? Yeah, an example would of that would probably be um, Google has changed their search algorithm uh, and traffic has uh, plummeted in a particular area of the website where there was uh, strong revenue optimization. Got it. And so the guts have fallen out of the site mm-hmm. and um, that's very, very recent and you're acquiring it. Maybe they've reported on the listing. Maybe they've reported, let's say, uh, January 1st to December 31st, 2019. Mm-hmm. That's great. There's 12 months worth of data there. You're acquiring it on the 13th of March, uh, 2020, and all of a sudden um, what you're acquiring is is not the true story. And so the importance there is to conduct due diligence, get access, read-only access to Google Analytics, ask for accountant verified financials. If you can't get accountant verified financials, if it's e-commerce, jump into their Shopify account or do something to verify the the, the revenue statements. Yeah. I mean, that's good advice. And it's a, it, is yeah, one the, of those, look, it is one of those. Yeah, the other thing I'd mention is understand what, what, what the cost base looks like. Yeah. What do you mean when you say that? Like the, so, the revenue multiple or? Yeah, so if you're acquiring someone, uh, something, it, it, it's got some inherent cost to it. Now, the basic ones are obviously, <laughs> there's a hosting fee, um, there oh. is, um, there's a, there's a content acquisition fee, but there's often costs 
which uh, you you haven't factored in, right? So take Crochet Kim. You don't produce that much content without having a network of contributors that you're paying content, Mm -hmm. that you're paying for content from. And so um, you need to understand, I guess, really two things. One, how much are those contributors paying and what is their willingness to keep doing the work for the same amount of pay? Under a different boss. Under a different boss. That's that's piece one. Mm. Um, and, and piece two is are they currently stable empl- uh, employees or contractors or freelancers? Have they been doing this for a long time such that there's this security in the acquisition of that, that book of contractors? Right. That's just one example. So, yeah. I, I have kind of like two uh, broad thoughts here, you know. Um, one, I think it's incredible how many new people are coming to Flipper every month. Um, and I, I think it speaks, t- one, to the interest. Mm-hmm. But I also find it fascinating that it is not driving up the multiples. Um, and I hope it's for the, the reason that I kind of want to talk about is, uh, and I call it like the, the house buying approach, mm. where you're going to go and buy a house. You're going to go find a place to rent. And you're like, hey, you know, I need X, Y, and Z. You go with a realtor and they show you one door. You open it and you just immediately buy that one or you rent that one. I mean, that would, that would never happen. And I think when it comes to buying anything, rental properties or online businesses, you need to kind of be like a silent stalker for a little bit. You need to yeah. be on Flippa, see deals that are being listed, what they are selling for, you know, what the numbers kind of look like, the questions that are often public that people are asking. Um, so that when, you know, and maybe you do that for a few months so that you could, you know, confidently acquire something and not get screwed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think that most people do get screwed because most people would be sooner not willing to pay $15,000 yeah. for something they don't understand. And I think the other big piece, and we've talked about this on the show before, is um, you have this like core amount of your wealth that you're putting in like index funds, or you have in your emergency funds. If you're moving for the first time into this space, this is for like the top 10%, the risky area of your portfolio. You know, if it was Matteri, this might be a core aspect of our business and our business may buy these things similar to the other investors on Flippa. But um, if you're jumping in uh, and say you're going to acquire right in that sweet spot at about 25,000 or maybe even 15,000, that should be, you know, at most 10% of your net worth. Yeah, I mean, do you think this is a risky, like, oh, I mean, comparing the riskiness factor to other asset classes, this this tends to be up there, right? I would absolutely say that the first deal of anything that you do is extremely risky. Oh, okay. The first rental property, the first online business, first stock. the first XYZ. Yeah, and until you start to understand how it works, like you buy this one, like Crochet Kim, steady as it goes, you might not even have to do much. You kind of get how it works, and then you can buy more. And truth be told, Listen Money Matters wasn't even close to a full-time gig for me or even of meaningful money discussions until like over three years. But that's because I started from did not exist, bought a domain, you know, built it from scratch. Matt story is like very similar, longer, not even longer because yeah. it was earlier yeah. in the internet. And so 
when you look at this thing that you might buy for 15 or 25 or whatever thousand dollars, meanwhile, the rental properties we talk about, you're all in at 25 mm. for kind of the places we talk about, yeah. you would be skipping, you know, easily one or two years of effort yeah. to, to get to that point. Um, but again, you know, with a, an abundance of caution, right? Yeah, an abundance of caution. I mean, I think the the thing I would say is one: the search process is not that different to property. Mm. So it it's not a have a look today, buy tomorrow type situation, or at least it shouldn't be. You you should be looking at you know ten. 15, 20 different sites, if that's what you're acquiring, a website, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, before you make a decision. Now, if that means that you miss out on something because all of these other buyers are in there very quickly and they already know what they're looking for and have done it multiple times beforehand, yeah. then so be it. Don't get swept up in the emotion of it. So mm-hmm. spend your time, uh, as I said, 10, 15, 20 different websites, get to understand Print the listings out. Start to compare them. Start to understand how the um, the metrics all stack up and and what the revenue mm. um, equation looks like for those guys. And and then uh, jump in deep. The other thing is read content, listen to podcasts, get a feel for what is the most approachable entry point for you. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I, I just want to say. That I mean, I would be remiss to say that Matt and I have not built the lion's share of our wealth through online businesses, content websites specifically. Um, but a- a- as I hope we've beaten to death, or maybe have not beaten to death <laughs> enough, enough it- it's really just kind of moving slow with it. I think the opportunity is enormous. Mm-hmm. I think the deals, even at the most expensive end, beat out most of the alternatives. But you need to move slow enough so that you understand what you are doing. And I don't know if that it's is really. And I don't know if it's move slow. I think maybe it's more. Uh, it's like a, it's it's practicing patience and just knowing that this is a time consuming and and long process. Yeah. But I I think what you, what you know what you mentioned is like, you, I will. I mean, what I've been told is there will always be another house. There will always yes. be another website. So you know you you're, you know. Flip us. Con- I'm sure they have a lot of. I'm sure you're constantly getting a lot of sites and new listings on the site. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the one thing I would quickly add to that is that there is actually no such thing as easy money. You guys know that, mm-hmm. but it's important to to reiterate that. And this concept of passive income, we ask buyers. So when buyers register on Flipper, um, we ask them to tell us why they're looking to acquire. And the number of times we see passive income written into these um, little you know freeform text boxes there's almost nothing that is passive yeah income. yeah <laughs> it, it's highly unlikely that you acquire something and it just starts to print cash yep. that's 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 very rare yeah um, let me know if you find one because I'll acquire it myself yeah I was um, gonna say, I was gonna say <laughs> even like the king of passive income himself Pat Flynn who owns a site called smart passive income works more than anyone I know. Probably Matt and I. Combined. Yeah, right. And I think what what when people say passive income, they're pushing this boulder up a mountain, and behind them they're earning some income, but they're constantly pushing this boulder up. And so the behind income is passive, yeah. but they're still they're still pushing right, the boulder. Right. 
So that's a really important point, right? You've got to understand that when you're acquiring a digital asset, it's a little bit like renovating a house. You actually have to put in the work, Mm -hmm. but if you put in the work, it will deliver the return because that's what it's set up to do. Right. And you mentioned about like reading content and familiarizing yourself. Does Flippo offer any of this content? Yeah. So there's a great uh, course on on Flipper um, that uh, one of our prolific buyers uh, put together on his own time. So it's got nothing to do with Flipper. Um, it's, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Steve McGarry. Um, he's, he's based in Florida. He spent some time in California. He's acquired multiple websites. And he's got a Buy Your First Site on Flipper course. Uh, so I think there's some show notes that go along with your podcast. Mm-hmm. I can send along, to, some, send along the link to that. And then in yeah, addition, uh, we also hosted a, an event called The Exit. Now, all of that content, there's four hours of content and it comes from, um, not from Flipper, it comes from Centurica. So Brian Diener at Centurica uh, did, uh, that's a due diligence uh, service. He did a 15-minute um, talk. We had a, a gentleman by the name of Brian Mullins uh, from Quiet Light Brokerage. He oh. did a talk. Um, and there's two panels, one for buyers and one for sellers, talking about exactly as we have today. And so that's all available in video content for free on Flipper encourage people to watch that it's it's four hours of content but it's chunked up in, into uh bite-sized bits so take a look at that cool and it's uh and people if they want to get started with this or start to you know their searching process they should go to flippa.com and it's f-l-i-p-p-a.com that's correct uh and the best thing to do is in the top right hand side it says register as a buyer and you can then drop in your preferences and when you drop in your preferences, you can save those. And of course, on an opt-in basis, you'll then get an email each day should there be a new listing which matches your preferences. And it's a really good way to start the search process. Yeah, and I know Andrew's a big fan of those emails. Yes, I actually emailed, uh, and I forget her name, the emails of like the daily whatever. And I was like, these are great. I love oh, yeah. them. Like, I Jane. <laughs> yeah, Jane. Oh my God, I had like a couple back and forth with her. Yeah, it's fantastic. Just really good emails you guys put together. Yeah, thank you for saying that. She's wonderful. Uh, she does a really outstanding job. And of course, um, they're, they're, a, they're a curated collection of listings, which we, you know, obviously on an opt in basis, we send out daily. It's awesome. Well, uh, we're going to wrap up. Blake, uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Thanks, Andrew. I yeah. appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, yeah, happy hunting. Yeah, thanks for getting up thanks, early and, uh, and, and coming from across the world. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Cool. And if you missed anything in the show, uh, like you mentioned, we'll have everything in the show notes. You can either check your preferred podcast app or you can visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And of course, please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts. Tell your friends about us. Point them to your favorite episodes. Perhaps it's this one. And hopefully they'll become a subscriber as well. And if you have any questions about this topic in particular or any other personal finance uh, questions that you have, please email us listen money matters at gmail.com and we'll talk about them on future episodes of the show and all the tools and resources that we normally mention on this show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox that's it thanks again later andrew later man please tell your friends about this show (laughs) 